I do deliberately look to provoke. That's something that has been valuable to me, not in a confrontational way, but just I've been fortunate to always be an outsider. It forces you to confront your insecurities perhaps, not in a way that's terrifying, but actually hopefully empowering. The truth of it is, as a leader, you think you're doing that and you, it's not working. Like you think you're making grand proclamations and no one's hearing it. And then you'll make an offhand comment to somebody with no thought, no thing, and that's the one that will land. That's the one that will change someone's life. That gave me confidence as someone who had a young child and was building my own career, that I was walking into an organisation where I wouldn't be penalised for who I was. This is Level Up, a podcast produced by LaunchVic, where you'll hear from leading Victorian entrepreneurs and their mentors with the goal of sharing their stories and encouraging you to consider the impact a mentor could have on your personal growth. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey, and in this podcast, you'll hear from some of the most successful startups in the country and the mentors who've helped them avoid stagnation, scale their businesses, and in today's case, question everything. To be Didier'd is to have Didier ask you a very specific, very pointed, open-ended question that somehow like punches you in the guts and like gets you in the heart. That was the voice of Katie Stevens talking about getting Didier'd, an internal name given to the unconventional methods her mentor, Didier Elzinger, uses to get the most out of the people he mentors. Now, some might find Didier's methods a little unconventional, but we'll hear more about that soon and also give Didier a chance to explain himself. But for now, let's meet Katie properly. My name is Katie Stevens. I lead the Asia-Pacific business at Coltramp. We'll come back to what Coltramp actually is soon. But prior to starting there, Katie was already an expert in the field of customer success, working with huge corporations like Yammer, a division of Microsoft. After a a couple of roles in communications, in digital project management, um, helping organisations run large technology projects, I I ended up at a fast growth tech company called Yammer, which uh, was founded out of the Bay Area. But she actually started out her career in a very different industry. I actually started my career in academia. I was doing a PhD in cinema studies. I was teaching and lecturing and I was planning a career in the academy, teaching, writing, publishing um, through most of my 20s. And I actually had a, a medical situation arise. I developed a congenital spinal condition, which threw a spanner in the works of this PhD I was working on. And it just sort of took the love, it took the conviction out of that for me. Interestingly, it was this initial career path that actually ended up getting Katie a foot in the door in the role that she's in today. But we'll come back to that a little later. In the meantime, let's bring in Didier. My name is Didier Elzinger. I'm the CEO and founder at CultureAmp. CultureAmp is a people and culture platform. What that means is that we help people 
collect data around the employee experience anywhere that it happens, anywhere throughout that, whether it's when you're starting, leaving, or while you're in the company. We bring that data together to deliver insight. And then most importantly, we use that insight to drive positive behavior change. So we're influencing the way people turn up at work to create better cultures and more successful people in those cultures. Now, a lot of these fast-growing technology startups are usually based in San Francisco and the surrounding Bay Area, which is what made Coltramp, a Melbourne-based business, somewhat of an anomaly. And this, as we're about to hear, is what made it instantly attractive to Katie. This was a Melbourne-founded B2B technology startup. And I never thought in my career that I would get the chance to actually be part of a locally founded growth company. Frankly, all the other organisations I was speaking to were founded and grown literally on the other side of an ocean. So just the fact that Coltramp was born and bred here in Melbourne, we're at Series A, it was early on, but there was enough sense that this was a risk worth taking. So, a risk worth taking. Interesting choice of words there. But it definitely was a risk. Up until now, Katie had worked as part of some big Silicon Valley startups. But a tech startup that was founded in Melbourne. Now, that was exciting. This job would potentially give Katie the ability to work alongside the founders and make a big impact on the business. So naturally, she jumped at the opportunity. So I was actually introduced to Didier and Rod through a mutual contact, and I don't believe there was a job listed. This was very early days. That was literally a coffee in Richmond, and we just spoke about customer success, what customer success looked like. The joke that I like to make is that I've gotten into my two best companies and best jobs before they'd actually developed a proper recruitment process. This is my best career advice I can give to anybody. It's like, you know, connect with people and get a job before there's a rigorous recruitment process because it worked for me. In a moment, we'll bring in Didier and hear what his impressions were of this first meeting. But first, a little backstory on Didier. Remember how I mentioned Katie's initial career choice of pursuing a PhD in film ended up playing an unexpected part in her current position? Well, it turns out Didier also took a slightly unconventional path to his current role. And surprisingly, these two have a lot more in common than what might immediately be apparent. I spent 13 years working for Hollywood. I'm a software engineer by training, ended up in a small post-production company that over 13 years became a Hollywood visual effects top 10 company in the world. So we worked on Lord of the Rings, Batman, Superman. I love film and I love storytelling, but I wasn't going to make enough of a difference in the world working on Expendables 27. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something bigger. And it's through this shared love of cinema that Katie and Didier begin to establish a relationship. I, I, I love Hollywood. I love film. Uh, it was certainly something that when Katie and I first met, I thought, hey, look, you know, she can't be too bad if she's uh, spent all this time in the film industry. So I decided that to start Coltramp, I wanted to build a software business. I didn't at the time know what problem I wanted to solve. And the more I thought about it and the more I reflected on it, the more I kept coming back to people and culture as a thing that was something I believed in and something that was fundamentally important. 
And even before I started Coltramp, I used to joke that as a CEO, you're a glorified psychiatrist. So, so much of how you're going to do, how the value you're going to create comes from thinking that way. And we articulate it better now than I could have then, but it's the same idea, which is our mission at Coltramp is to create a better world of work. So this idea of a CEO being a glorified psychiatrist is actually something that Didier has taken surprisingly seriously, but we'll come back to that a little later. Let's quickly introduce the concept of customer success. It's something that Katie mentioned earlier, but as we'll hear, it's not very well understood. Here, Katie explains it for us. Customer success is basically about helping your customers, the people who have signed up to use your technology, to find the ways inside their organisation that they can adopt it, and then to tie that use and adoption to real business outcomes. So as well as being an expert in film, Katie was also an expert in customer success. And this unique combination meant that Didier immediately took notice of her. Customer success is not a well-understood idea. And so for us, it was like, oh, fantastic. Here's somebody who's already spent time banging their head against the problem that we're starting to bang our head against. This is somebody that's already had to try and solve a problem that we want to solve. I'm overly interested in interesting backstories for people when they join the company. And so the idea that somebody who was going to be in customer success was pursuing a PhD in cinema, and not just in cinema, but in the audio of um, horror movies, and we've had, I think our initial conversation was at least... 50% Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and 50% customer success. (laughs) Partly it's just interesting. Joss Whedon is is a genius, and so we both appreciated that, so we couldn't let that not be discussed. I was really fascinated on how did she take this fascinating film background and use it in this customer success world. So remember Didier's joke about a CEO being a glorified psychiatrist? Here we begin to see that Didier, as a CEO has a unique view of the people around him. And this can create some rewarding, yet challenging situations for people. This links back to the concept of being Didier'd, something that we heard about at the beginning of the episode. But we'll come back to that in a moment. I want to quickly jump back to Katie, who, as well as being drawn to Coltramp for the reasons she's already stated, was also drawn to the culture. I think the thing that actually made me realise that this isn't just someone who's slick and visionary but maybe a nightmare to work with was when Didier just offhand mentioned to me, I don't believe it was planted, but he just mentioned that um, on Friday afternoons he finishes up at three to go and uh, coach his son's basketball. And... I didn't realise it immediately in the moment, but when I went home afterwards, there was something really significant there in which a founder and CEO of a company, uh, a married father, would volunteer this information about how active and engaged and involved he is in his family's life that gave me confidence as someone who had a young child and was building my own career that I was walking into an organisation where I wouldn't be penalised for who I was and the priorities that I would have to constantly juggle. There's a lot of organisations that talk about, you know, being welcoming to, to parents, being diverse and inclusive. But something I've observed is that only when 
men and men in leadership positions actively make those choices about publicizing and making visible the choices that they make to prioritize family life as well, does that become something that women are, are able to do? At Coltramp, this concept is known as leaving loudly. Let's bring in Didier. So it wasn't something that I was conscious at the time. She told me about the effect that it had on her. And that actually changed my behavior because I was like, oh, I do need to do this deliberately. Like I need to leave loudly is the phrase that we use internally to make it uh, possible and real for other people. What You might hear all of this and think, oh, that there are, you know, these Yodas out there just asking these great questions that are blowing people's brains open. The truth of it is, as a leader, you think you're doing that and you, it's not working. Like you think you're making grand proclamations and no one's hearing it. And then you'll make an offhand comment to somebody with no thought, no thing, and that's the one that will land. That's the one that will change someone's life. And so, you know, all I think you can do is try and live in accordance with a certain set of values and try and show up in the same way all the time. And when it's, when it's there for somebody to hear it, they'll hear it, and, and when not, they won't. Remember those unconventional methods we touched on at the start of the episode? You heard Didier mention Yoda earlier. Now, we all know Yoda from Star Wars. Little green guy. Speaks backwards. Yoda was a legendary Jedi Master who, like all great spiritual leaders, worked with his students to bring out their highest potential. Well, one of the hallmarks of this kind of growth are the challenges that accompany it. And at Coltramp, when it comes to these challenges, a special name they have. To be Didier'd is to have Didier ask you a very specific, very pointed, open-ended question that somehow, like, punches you in the guts and, like, gets you in the heart. It forces you to confront your insecurities, perhaps, your weak spots, not in a way that's uh, terrifying, but actually hopefully empowering. But Didier has a way with asking pointed but open-ended questions that really force you to sort of put a mirror up to yourself and and think hard about how you're going to answer it and what it means for your life and your choices. I do deliberately look to provoke. That's something that has been valuable to me, not in a confrontational way, but just I've been fortunate to always be an outsider. Like I've worked in film, I've, I've worked in Silicon Valley, I've, you know, I've been a CEO since I was 26. I've often played that role of, well, why not? And, and one of the lines that got me through building Culture Amp was, what matters is how many people believe in you, not how many people don't. And so these are ideas that I've been fortunate enough to benefit from and not everybody else has had that chance. And so I try and listen and when something works, I try and do it more. Sounds challenging, right? But obviously there's something that works because Coltramp, which only had about 20 employees when Katie joined, has now grown to a team of 400. I asked Katie to share a moment that she's benefited from being Didier'd. One example I can remember was actually when we were talking about the possibility of me taking on this chief of staff role. Uh, there's a, there was, you know, a lot of ambiguity and in, in that role, there were a lot of things that were unknown and I am a fairly risk-averse person and I recall that Didier asked me a question, something along the lines of, you know, what would you do if you weren't afraid of what might happen? 
And it's it's that kind of question where it's not a textbook open-ended coaching question. It's something that a therapist might ask you. Perhaps it's the influence of Greta Didier's very accomplished wife and co-conspirator who has helped him develop this line of questioning that really blends what you might see from, you know, a really great coach or manager and from a therapist or psychologist. It definitely blurs that line. Being Didier to take that chief of staff role ended up being a significant moment in my career that I wouldn't be in the role I am now leading the APAC business for Coltramp had I not taken that role based on that reflection that, that Didier encouraged me to have. As you've heard throughout this series, the mentor-mentee relationship can have a number of different structures. And in Katie and Didier's case, despite Didier's unconventional methods, their relationship is one of the most common types. Two people working for the same company, one more senior than the other. And the mentoring is done through their time together at work. It can be formal through things like performance reviews, as well as informal, like irregular check-ins and ongoing support. Now, normally when we think about mentor-mentee relationships, we tend to think of the benefit that the mentor is giving the mentee. But when talking to Didier, he raised a really important point, that it's just as rewarding being a mentor. I'll let him explain. I think being a mentor is actually just as rewarding as being mentored. And it's something that I reflect on. I think as we've been going through this and hearing Katie say all these really nice things about me, I get uncomfortable that someone listening to this would think that I'm some genius mentor. I'm not. I think over time, I think there's some things I'm really good at and there's probably some things that I'm better than most people at. But a lot of it is that over time, I've just learned how how much of a compounding effect there is when as a leader, you're creating space for other people. And I think one of my own journeys, and I've now been a CEO for a long time, and the journey through that 16, 17 years has been realizing that a lot of what I do is not Didier, it's the CEO. And realizing when you're wearing the CEO hat and when you're trying to be Didier. And there's some stuff that I want to do as Didier, but a lot of the power and the value I can create is just recognizing that I can create space for other people because I am the CEO. Inside a company like Coltramp, you know, we're 400 plus people now. People think that as a CEO, you get to see everything. The truth of it is you can see just as far as everybody else. You can see the few people around you and everything else you have to infer. <laughs> and so mentoring relationships are also an opportunity to learn more about the company from people that have a view that you can't see and you don't have access to anymore. There's no way that I can see the company the way Katie can see it. I've got three layers of people between me. And and so it's really valuable for me just to hear what she's worrying about, what she's seeing. So this is the part of the episode where we like to ask if there's anything they'd like to share that they haven't said to one another before. I asked Katie first. If there's something that I haven't said to Didier yet, it's that both as a CEO, but also as someone who's taken an interest in my potential, I think that he has had probably the biggest impact on my career, but specifically on my ability to see 
ambition as something other than a dirty word because I think he models a version of ambition and leadership which is still very modest. It's still very much about getting the best out of people and not about wielding power. That's really very eloquently said and wonderful to hear. But just hearing you, Katie, the way you've spoken about your own experience and also culture amp and, and so on, you're incredibly eloquent and in a different way to me. And so, you know, I think it's it's just really great to hear the way you think about these things and then the way you express them back. One of the things that I know I have said to you in some form, but I'll say it again, is you also have your own type of leadership that is different to mine, is different to other leaders in the company. And for Coltramp to be the sort of company that it wants to be, we need more people like you. And we need people to look at you and go, I want to be like Katie. And so doing things like this can have that same effect on those people. Amazing. Katie, how do you feel hearing that? Yeah, I mean, it's deeply uncomfortable because I still have this part of me that wants to be always behind the curtain. And um, I, in the same way that Didier articulated the joy he gets out of mentoring, the joy that I get out of supporting other people and working behind the scenes to make them successful, I, I have that. Um, but I'm, I'm working hard to get comfortable with getting some attention in having the things that I'm good at called out. So I will, I will do my best to appreciate it. Thank you, Didier. Because there's always, there's other people out there like you are and were who don't think it's possible. And hearing and seeing you do it means they think it is. So Katie's just touched on one of the fantastic benefits that results from these mentoring relationships, which is that the more you help someone, the better position they'll be in to help others in the future. And as Katie's just shared with us, she is a great example of this. So I asked her what her experience was like mentoring others after working with Didier. Didier's tendency to look for ways not to be in the spotlight necessarily himself all the time, but to give other people that opportunity is something that I have taken to heart. And I think I've done what I can to to model that in my own leadership capacity as well. When I get approached about maybe being on a panel or something else, my instinct, again, inspired by Didier's tendency to do this, is to actually see is there somebody that I work with who is really looking for this kind of opportunity or really deserves some accolades for this? And I'll always seek to bring them in. When you reflect on the relationship Katie and Didier have, you find one that is highly beneficial, both for each party as well as the wider business around them. As we heard from Didier, Mentoring relationships not only provide an opportunity to raise those up around you, but they're also a great way of gaining a deeper understanding of the business. And as we've just heard from Katie, they also help create a culture of paying it forward, where those who've been mentored in the past are more likely to look for ways to help others around them in the future. In the Asia-Pacific part of the business, we are a cross-functional team of teams. They have their own managers and mentors, but... I do work with a lot of them and I think the thing that I've found to be most valuable is in emulating some of those skills that I've learned from Didier, which is thinking about how 
open-ended questions that can unlock people's potential can be so much more powerful and pay far bigger dividends than just trying to direct them toward what you think is the right answer about what should be done. It's almost like uh, passing the baton to the next phase. And maybe, Katie, at some point in the future, people in your team will be uh, on another podcast saying that they got Katie'd uh, at some point in their career. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. You've been listening to Level Up, a show about the personal and professional growth of some great Australian entrepreneurs and startups and the mentors who've helped them along the way. Level Up is produced by LaunchVic. LaunchVic exists to support the growth of the Victorian startup ecosystem. If you're interested in mentoring or you'd like to learn more about LaunchVic, visit the website at launchvic.org. Production assistance on Level Up is provided by Wavelength Creative. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey, and I'll speak to you next time. 